Hey, check one, two, check, 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 hey. Hey, what's up? It's Matt Mixon. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably subscribed to this RSS feed when we put out the Yesterday Was Everything discussion podcasts a couple weeks ago. Thanks for listening to those. Um, this is not going to be that, but I'm going to keep podcasting on this link because uh, I kind of want to get back into it. Who knows? I might just do this and it won't go well and I'll just forget about it next week and get busy. Or I might do a bunch um, and keep doing it. Uh, I did a podcast in 2015 with two of my best buds for a while. Uh, we we couldn't really keep it going, but I enjoyed doing it. It was fun. We talked music and movies and just sort of uh, all the, the nerdy shit that keeps us going. And uh, I still enjoy doing that. Um, that won't necessarily be what this podcast ends up being if I even keep doing this, but, um, that'll probably be one of the main things it ends up being about because that's, that's my shit. So I had a couple conversations today and I'm going to share them with you. Um, I talked injuries with my friend Tyler Welch, who is a personal trainer. I talked UFC and uh, international fight week with my friend and roommate Frank, who is a MMA enthusiast. And I was going to break down 2017 movies and talk about a really cool music project with my friend Andy um, but he wasn't able to hop on today so um, instead I'm gonna fucking talk about Spider-Man because I just saw it about an hour ago and it blew my mind Um, okay so if you haven't seen Spider-Man yet just don't because no I mean don't don't not see it just don't listen to this podcast because I don't want to ruin anything for you uh, movies are are I don't even watch trailers. I hate spoilers so much. So don't let me spoil this movie for you. Um, so here's your last chance to get out. If you want to fast forward to the uh, injury discussion, nobody's going to want to fast forward to the injury discussion. Just If you haven't seen Spider-Man, just delete this shit and um, check back in next week. Maybe we'll have a different conversation for you. All right, here's your... Uh... All right, there you go. The chance is over. Uh, that might... Spider-Man might be the best comic book movie. Straight up. I know that's some wild shit to say, and recency bias is in full effect right now. I'm, uh, you know, I, 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 I just got home from the theater. I haven't even put my stuff away. Um, that's how fresh this is in my mind. And I've done this a bunch of times or something, you know. You know what? That's not true. I don't do this much anymore. I can feel it. You can fucking feel it, man. I mean, you can go see a movie and get really hype. I can go see Fast and Furious 8 with my friends and be like, have, you know, wild the fuck out and have the best time ever. But I know in my heart that this isn't changing the game um spider-man fuck dude man i turned to my friend travi like 15 minutes in and i was just like this is fucking amazing like and then this weird thing happens when you're watching a movie like this i i these movies are, are very important to me and and um i think when one you know so many movies fall apart in the second act and please forgive me i'm i'm uh I'm taking some some screenwriting courses right now. I'm kind of trying my hand at it. So uh, it's really hard for me to not watch movies through the lens of screenwriting at the moment. Um, so forgive me for talking like a movie snob. But, you know, most movies kind of kind of fall apart in the second act. And I think when you're when you when you really have high hopes for something and, and you care about it a lot uh, and it starts off strong, it goes from man, I'm having a really good time to like, please, please, please don't fuck this up. This, this could be it. And, and, and that's, I was there 25 minutes into this movie. I was just like, yo, like this, they're going, they're going for it right now. Like this could, this could, they, they might take the throne off this, you know, like, um, 
that's how good it felt. And man, if they if they didn't stay the course, fuck. I don't know. There's there's so much to say about this movie. Um, I don't even know where to start. Okay, I think the the thing that that I'm going to be thinking about for the next week or two or for the next long while is how well this partnership with Sony and Marvel worked out. And I, I can't believe how well it worked out. Um, Spider-Man wasn't even on my top 10 most anticipated movies of the year. Um, I think because uh, I heard that, I don't know, I read a couple things about it not really being part of the MCU. And I was like, well, how's that going to work? The dude was in Civil War. He had, you know, kind of the best moment in Civil War. Like, and so then I'm thinking, okay, Sony's going to kind of do their own thing and it's going to, they're going to blow it because they fucking blew it. Um, last time and they completely blew it on fantastic four you know i mean like the whole reason that this is happening is because they they blew it a thousand times and they they finally said hey marvel you want to you guys seem to be pretty good at this you want to come help us out um so I, I just wasn't expecting much and uh this movie was more it felt more steeped in the mcu than a lot of mcu movies which is is really crazy um and i just have a lot of hope now um based on just based on how well this was for both of them, you know, I mean like this movie might make more than Captain America civil war. Like that's amazing. Um, I mean, I guess I, you know, obviously Sony's going to get their money's worth. They lend you Spider-Man for civil war and you get to, um, he kind of makes that movie. Um, but I just sort of thought we'd see an, an Iron Man cameo and that would be it. But instead it was just, it was, it was just steeped in the mythology of the MCU, you know, like we have, and again, I'm spoiling the fuck out of this, but we have the villain origin, being uh, a, a direct result of something that takes place in like the definitive Marvel Cinematic Universe film, right? Like that's fucking crazy. And they opened with that, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Okay, we're this. This is what we're doing. Okay, let's go. Um, I have a lot of hope. Um, I wasn't the hugest fan of Guardians of the Galaxy two, so uh, you might disagree with this statement, but you know, twenty seventeen the two i think fox and sony each made two top five comic book movies of all time i might be wrong on this i might have to go back and 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 take that back but it sure feels like that right now it, with logan and spider-man and i think uh those are probably tied for my two favorite movies of the year and i only say probably because um i want to leave a little re recency bias buffer but i think spider-man was just perfect and i think it was probably better okay reasons why it was better um whatever this is not a fight between spider-man and logan um but this is the problem with all comic book movies um the villain fucking sucks and dude michael keaton forget about it that he fucking destroyed it um he's great why was that dude not acting in movies for like 15 years that makes no sense to me he, jackie brown out of sight and then out of movies for till birdman basically uh the dude he's a, he's a treasure he's a treasure he was great the character was written fucking awesome uh his motivations made sense you know he'd he'd say villainy shit and you'd be like dude i kind of fuck with you know your whole reasoning for this it makes sense you know um they they the scene with him and peter parker in the car like i don't know if we've seen something like that in a comic book movie before that felt like so something out of a out of a, a, a different genre definitely uh 
an adult genre, you know, not something, you know, we're watching a kid's movie, a high school movie, basically, like two of my friends came with their seven and eight year old. Uh, and that that scene was straight up fucking scary. He grabs the gun and says, I'm going to fucking kill you. He doesn't say fucking. He says, I'm going to kill you and everyone you love if you don't leave me alone. Like, that was some action movie shit. That was more sinister than anything that's ever been uttered in a Fast and Furious movie. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't writing-wise, but goddamn if I didn't believe it. Um, and that's another thing, man. This thing had me believe, bro. Like, I, I don't know if the last action set piece was the most amazing thing ever. It wasn't, you know, a billion superheroes flying around fighting a blue thing in the sky. But when spider-man gets buried under that rubble and he has that my friend spencer called it like a superman one moment and and he digs deep i was on the edge of my seat because i love him i just i loved hanging out with him for two hours and 12 minutes tonight and i cared about him so much and so during that final sequence also fucking vulture's kicking his ass the entire movie so you're the whole time you're thinking like maybe don't fuck with this dude like and, and especially without the without the dope suit and i'm not sure if you've blown all your chances with iron man i'm not sure he's gonna bail you out on this one and then we immediately go into the sky like i was worried i was worried about the dude you know like i don't know it, it made me care um i don't know you, you see it you know like you'll there, there's a, a thousand things to discuss i just going forward I'm, I'm so happy about this partnership with sony and marvel and um I, i'm so happy about what that that bodes for the future you know like uh i don't know that we can't count out a fantastic four thing a similar thing with the fantastic four um somewhere down the road because you know sony that was one of the worst comic book movies i've ever seen in my life um and that's kind of what brought us to this spider-man thing um a couple other things i want to mention um there's just a million things it was so good representation fuck there's just brown people all over this movie there's a gay character there's you know the best friend is basically the best friend from ultimate spider-man or the miles morales ultimate spider-man um spider-man gets a, a black love interest and then when she goes away he gets another brown love interest like um <sighs> it was awesome like it made me feel so good i mean like you know come on the villain the the villain the oh dude when they flipped it and michael keaton became the the love interest's dad that like i put my hand in my mouth i was like shocked um you got the interracial marriage in there i just love to see this man i love to see this in movies it makes me feel so good um yeah i don't know i had a hundred things i talked this out with travi on the way home and uh i can't think of anything else i want to mention um i do have a an official prediction and now even if you've listened to this thing spoiler free i'm just going to warn you again because i'm getting into the territory of like of, of like an actual like even if you've seen the movie i might be saying something that you don't want to hear right now but i have an official prediction and if you want to bail out now here's your opportunity okay so we we know that Tom Hardy is going to be Venom. Um, I was hoping he'd be in the Stinger. He wasn't. The Stinger was uh, Mac Mac Gorgon, who I thought was Carnage, but Travi told me he's Scorpion, um, which is cool. Um, I don't think they need to jump the gun on Carnage. It'd be cool to just do Venom, especially if you got Tom Hardy. By the way, Logan Marshall Green, you look too much like Tom Hardy. Go, you gotta go do something else. I think that dude is Tom Hardy every time I see him. Like, I, I, I watched half of Prometheus, like, convince that dude was Tom Hardy. Not, maybe not that long, but, you know, like, I don't know. Figure something out, man. Like, Tom Hardy's too good. You can't, you're not going to win that one. Like, if you got to change your hair or something, like, whatever you got to do. Um, 
so he was in this movie as Shocker, which is cool. And then you got the, the god, Bokeem Wood, Woodbine, coming back as Shocker number two. We don't have Venom in The Stinger, right? That was, I was thinking, like, how could they not do that? You have one of the best actors ever who's already reportedly signed on to play the coolest villain in, you know, Spider-Man lore. Um, why not set him up now? We figured it out on the way home. I fucking figured it out, man. Now, now I don't think I would have thought that this could be a possibility before I saw this movie and before I saw how much Marvel and Sony are in bed together. And this movie's going to do gangbusters, so business is good. I don't see any reason for this partnership to tighten up anytime soon. Um, yo, fucking Spider-Man got the black suit on whatever planet in Secret Wars. It came from a, a massive Marvel crossover. Venom the Venom suit's going to come from Infinity War, man. How much sense does that make? I'm sorry if I just ruined that for you, but I gave you ample chances to get out. Venom is going to be a result of Infinity War. I'm fucking calling it. July 6, 2017. You heard it here first. Okay. Um, that's all for Spider-Man. Uh, I'm so psyched. Um, I was going to do a kind of movie report card too, uh, but I'll save that for Hurley, and he and I can do that at a later date. Um... Let's see what else. Yeah, so here's my podcast, man. I don't know. I'm talking injuries with a personal trainer, and I'm talking UFC with a UFC nerd. If it sounds good, stick around. If not, I won't be too bummed about it. Peace. Tyler Welch, Holistic Strength Coach. Uh, okay, cool. So we got Tyler here. Um, so, Tyler, I wanted to talk to you today about injuries. Sure. Because, as you know, um, I've been on the shelf for training jujitsu and kickboxing and mixed martial arts for about the last three weeks or so. Um, tweaked something in my back, um, in the beginning of June. And then I went into uh, a double dose of wrestling and jujitsu the next night. And, uh, first 10 minutes of the jujitsu class, I just had no strength in my lower back and a little bit of pain, a lot of tightness. Um, all weekend, had a really hard time walking, um, took the next week off just as a precaution. Felt pretty good a week later, went back in, did the same thing, um, even worse. And now I'm, I'm just about two weeks removed from that. Went to the doctor, like got muscle relaxers and all the stuff that I don't really like to take, but I just had to because I was like debilitated more or less. Um, <clears throat> and you've worked with me a couple times. You, you bladed me out. What's that technique called? Uh, so the, the technical name is... Uh, is instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. Yeah. So I A S T M. Yeah. And for those of you at home, it basically looks like uh, Worf's weapons, like the traditional <laughs> Klingon weapons, uh, but but shinier. And he just like rubs them on your butt, like <laughs> wild, like wild hard. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah it was mad good. It, yeah. And then you've been working with me too on just some mobility stuff and some stretches and everything. And um, yeah. yeah, I think I did. I just kind of did a number of myself the second time around because it's been taking a lot longer to get better. And it's kind of bumming me out because every couple of days I'll have a really good one and I'll be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to train this weekend. And then I'll have a bad one. And I'll be like, shit. Um, yeah. Today's like an okay one, you know? But I know you've had so many injuries over the course of your career. And I, I should say like, um, you're much more involved in athletics than I am. But at the same time, you know, like I train, I train six days a week. So even though I'm not fucking, I don't look like an action figure, like some of you guys, um, it's still an important part of my life. And, uh, and it bums me out when like it gets kind of taken away, you know? 
Yeah, well, yeah, dude. And I'll say too, man. I mean, at this point, you train, you train more than any of us, man. I mean, how many days a week? How many days a week are you at uh, Straight Blast? I mean, when I'm not injured, I'm there yeah. uh, five to six. Yeah, that's six. It's sick. And you do, and how many? We got you on what? Four days? Three days of, of four, four days training? of your weight training program? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's sick, man. I mean, you're you're doing as much as the, as much as a young man. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the thing is, man, injuries can be so rough, uh, because they become these obstacles, right? That we, we look at them and we're like, yo, that, that's it. I can't, you know, I can't do anything. And we talked, I think we talked about this recently too. And for so many people, it just becomes like there's an injury and then that's just the end. It, it becomes almost an excuse for stopping movement, right? For just saying, no, that's it. Um, <clears throat> but then it's really hard to find that in between, right? Because it's like, you want to get back to what you were doing. You want to get back to regular life, right? But as you tried twice now, uh, you can't jump right back in, right? Right. So it, it becomes it becomes this, I guess like ex- like I guess you could call it like this exploration of like what what are you able to do and working around the injury as opposed to trying to work through it, right? That's that's a mistake a lot of people make, right? Is that they just they they pretty much immediately try and work right through that injury, do ex- everything exactly the same. But you have to remember that injury is sort of like a warning shot. That's your body saying something's not right, something's something's off, and I'm going to let you know. You know, uh, <clears throat> the injury is is the last sign before catastrophic. I guess, injury or damage, right? There's things that have been going on as far as movement patterns and as far as like maybe slight irritations that you maybe haven't even noticed, but the injury is your body's last call being like, yo, hey, this is it before we snap, you know? What you, what you have to do is you have to figure out a new way to approach movement because there's something in the way that you're moving that was off, right? And it's causing damage. So now you, you got to figure out, okay, well, how do I approach? I mean, I, I start with, you know, first two things I start with are being able to sit down because I, I got to be able to take a dump, you know, like I got to sit on the toilet, you know, and then like getting in and out of bed because you got to be able to do that too. You know, I've definitely had back injuries where like getting out of bed was just the worst. Totally. So start with those small movements and then just, and just reconsider how you approach them. You know, maybe, maybe you're going to need to get a little bit better intra-abdominal bracing, you know, maybe you're going to have to start bending a little bit differently you know maybe you're gonna have to start like using your arms in a different way to help you push up or moving you know setting your feet up in a different position um so i mean after i figure out how to how to sit on the toilet and how to get out of bed i'll then i'll look at stuff like brushing my teeth you know because we have a low sink uh in the bathroom and so if i want to you know like rinse my mouth out i gotta i gotta bend you know like there's no way i'm getting around it so figuring out ways to move your body and move pain free. That's huge, man. And that's just like a general piece of advice is like the number one thing I tell people is you got to start moving and you have to move in a way that doesn't cause, cause pain because if you're causing pain, like you're not one, you're not going to want to do it until you're going to cause further damage, you know? Yeah. You, me and you were hanging out the other day and you were talking about how you, you showed me basically how you bend down to wash your mouth out in the sink. And it looked like you were doing a deadlift basically or a squat. Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. And I think, and it's funny how we get into such bad habits because I started feeling okay at the end of last week for the first time in almost ten days, and it was, you know, it was like a, a stay of execution. I felt amazing. I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do everything." And the first thing I did was like, like um, I've ha- I have all my windows open, so I have my door propped open with a with a kettlebell, and I bent mm-hmm. over to pick up a fucking sixteen k kettlebell like a fucking idiot. 
And I yep. was just like, Jesus Christ, this is like the first <laughs> like the first time playing with this new toy that just got fixed and I'm gonna ruin it like right away on some just lazy shit. Yeah, and that dude, that's the next thing, and is that is that there are different phases to recovery. You know, there's like the initial recovery stage where your body is like, oh, okay, something's been damaged, we have to fix it, you know? And then the next stage is like the the rebuilding stage. So that's getting you from pain and from inability to movement or inability to move to being able to go back to some normal movements. And that's where most people drop off. Most people get to that point where it's like, the pain is gone for a day or two. And they're like, tight, okay, back back to regular life. Yeah, exactly. Which is what you did the first time. You're like, back to 100. I went, right, dude, I went straight back to an advanced class with a bunch of dudes that kill me on a regular basis. And I jumped in with a dude who always smokes me. And, you know, instead of like taking it light. And I didn't even stretch because it was fucking eight in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Who's got time for that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, for exactly. But really what your body needs is to go through, it goes recovery, then it goes rebuild, then it goes remodel. And that's where the that's where the change in your your patterns comes in, you know. Like you have to that's and, and all those things I talk about like sitting on the toilet, getting out of bed, brushing your teeth, all those things. That's where all those start to come in uh, to play, is that you have to do those kind of things to be able to again reform how your body is moving. And again, most people just drop off and they keep repeating the rebuild phase over and over again because they get to recovery, they're out of pain, and then they're just like, everything's good, and then boom, they just so they keep recycling that. I actually had a, a client ask me today, um, actually it was Amber, uh, she, she was like... Shout out to Amber. Shout out to Amber. Yeah, she was, she was like, she was talking about somebody she saw who was doing, this woman who was doing really incredible gymnastics maneuvers, and... I was like, oh yeah, well, she probably has a gymnastics background and she was really, and Amber was like really frustrated. She's like, well, am I never going to be able to do that kind of shit? Because is it just like you have to be genetically predisposed? And I was like, no, but yes, but no. You know, there are, there are people who have had advantages who did, you know, athletics and things when they're younger. And so, yeah, it gives them better foundation for sure. You know, like, I mean, well, you know, man, like you weren't active as a kid and, and it has a big effect on, on, trying to move when you're older, right? You can, but you can get around it, right? Like, you know, you're a, a 36 year old man who's doing uh, fucking MMA training, like a 20 year old right now, which is super impressive, but you had to do a lot of work to build up to that. Right. And that's the reality of the situation. It's like, well, maybe you don't have the background, but everything is possible. Uh, if you just, you know, like if you have the right training, the right coaching, right. So, so to bring it back around recovery yeah. is my body fixing whatever it is that's wrong with this acute lower back injury but then rebuilding is i got to step into and make some changes in the way that i move around on an everyday basis but especially when i'm in the gym well i mean i guess the way that i was taught it's it's recovery is is just getting you from in pain to uh in less pain, like, or into no pain and, and rebuilding is getting you back to full strength, you know, because you could still be out of pain and be at like 30%, right? Right. And so rebuilding is getting you back to being stronger. But the problem is that there also needs to be a remodeling phase in there too, right? Whether, whether it comes, you know, it can come before or after rebuild, but the remodel is when you're changing your patterns. Like you might, there might be something that's been happening in your deadlift that you just haven't ever really noticed because you're like, oh, I've been fine. I've been making some progress. It's all good. And the deadlift isn't like your number one priority. It's just a lift you do to help you stay strong, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe there's something that's been happening in the deadlift, you know, that, that's been keeping you in the same bad pattern and we just need to 
you know, like with this injury now, maybe, you know, when you deadlift, you'll feel it, you know, you'll be like, Oh, that's that same spot where my back hurt. So then when you actually go to deadlift, you know, you'll say, Oh, I can start to feel it, you know? And then, so you say, okay, well, that's not the right spot. That's not where I want to be. Right. In that, in that respect, I call a lot of injuries warning shots because they're not long-term damage. It's just your body being like, yo, this isn't right. And so then it becomes this, you know, sort of physical memory that you have and you don't want to go back to that. And then you start to adjust your positions. Like I used to get a lot of low back pain from deadlifts and it was because I was deadlifting primarily from my hip flexors, my low back. I adjusted my position and I, uh, you know, knock on wood, never almost never experienced the same back pain or uh, soreness that I used to. Yeah. And you're almost at 500 pounds right now. Yeah. Yeah. Except today when I, <laughs> where I, I, you can check it out on my Instagram story today. I, uh, I had, I had, a, I threw a tantrum because I couldn't deadlift a weight that I normally do. <laughs> oh, you put a tantrum on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. And Steven, dude, instantly, uh, Steven saw it and was like, came into the gym and was like, let's talk about that tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> nice little lunch therapy. So, yeah, exactly. so did you freestyle uh, remodeling just now? Is that yours? No, that's from somewhere else that I don't okay. really remember. Yeah. I yeah. love that because like, and I just want to shout this out to anybody who's our age, which, you know, I mean, you could be in your athletic prime at 36, but if you're like me and you like didn't even start doing anything that made you break a sweat till you were 30, you start to feel like you're breaking down. Um, fucking take care of that remodeling before you get injured, man. Cause, um, yeah. I'm worried about it now. And, and, uh, and I just wish I had, I had taken some more care a, a couple months ago because I don't know I missed a month of jujitsu. It fucking sucks, you know. I'm hyped. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it really does because it, I mean it's something that that's part of your life now, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, oh, and also the other thing I want to mention too is um, you were you were totally right on with the um, the warning shot as this memory. Um, this this sounds corny, but like the the sneeze. I, I fucking sneezed the day after I hurt my back, and it was the worst pain that I felt like as I was recovering, it fucked my back up. And then I didn't, I was afraid to sneeze for like a week. I, I, I swallowed every sneeze for like 10 days straight. And I finally let one go the other day and it didn't hurt, but I had the fucking phantom pain, like from yeah. it, you know, like yeah. I was like, it was, I had this weird fear. And now every time I sneeze, I like brace myself and I wait for it and it doesn't come, but it's cool. Cause I just feel like it's going to be like this, this constant reminder to, to keep my shit brace and not when I, yeah, exactly. when I want to sneeze, but you know, whenever I'm doing anything where I'm stressing that, that lower back. No, but the sneeze is actually a great, it's, that's a great example because you have to get yourself in the right position to sneeze. And like, you know, there's people that are going to argue that there is no such thing as like the ideal position, but like the idea is your body has to be, you have to, um, one of the things actually I learned at my, my blading seminar, um, shout out to rock tape, shout out to Dr. Courtney Connolly, who was the, um, doctor who taught it, who was super smart. And she talked about like that you have people who are in, uh, subconscious dysfunction. So they don't know that something's, you know, that they're in a not so good movement pattern. And then you, and then our job as, you know, well, I'm not a physical therapist, but a job as a physical therapist or a chiropractor or a trainer or anybody like that. Our job is to help people find out conscious dysfunction, which is where they, they're aware something's going on, you know? So like, let's say with back pain and then we're, they're like, Oh, well I've just been bending at the, at the waist instead of the hip all along. And then teaching them proper um, hip hinging, like proper movement patterns, so then they get into conscious function. And then the next step is moving you beyond that. And this is sort of the same same thing as the uh, as recovery 
uh, rebuild, remodel, is then you're in, once you're in subconscious function, that means that you're just doing all these things without thinking about it, right? So right now, our goal is to get you, let's say with the sneeze example, maybe you have to think about bracing or getting your hips in the right position um, when you sneeze, but eventually you'll just be in the right position when you sneeze, and then it won't be an issue, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you had to do with your knee, right? I mean, your knee was a huge problem for a long, long time, and you did a lot of work on that. For sure, yeah. I mean, I just did a lot of work, uh, sort of in spite of the of the handicap, basically. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then now, I mean, do you really even think about your knee that much anymore? I do, man. It's it's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, so it was, worries you. Yeah, it was it, it it was so long of of injuring it and re-injuring it. I don't know if I'll ever relax about it, honestly. Yeah, but you I mean, know, it, but thankfully, yeah. I think about it, and then I think it's fine though. And then that's reassuring. And I relax. It's like when you wake up and you had a bad dream and you're like, Oh, that was just a bad dream. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and you know, and, and you might still think about it. You probably will think about it forever because you're right. That was a really long time where, I mean, fuck when it was when you were what, like 20, when was it? It was my second seven angel show in 2000. Dude. Yeah. In in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. That was, that's yeah. That's over 17 years ago, dude. You know, crazy. So yeah. Um, cool, man. Uh, well, we're going over time. I got Frank here. We're going to talk some UFC. So uh, I just want to yeah. thank you for your time. Do you, uh, give me, yeah. Put me on to something. Give me something cool. Tell me something good. What's good? What's really oh, good? Oh, shit. What's really good right now? Um, fuck, what is really good? I don't know, man. Uh, oh, I, you know what's good, dude? If you like Eddie Vedder uh, and you like Bruce Springsteen, Bam. I just... I just discovered this right now. It's Eddie Does Bruce. It's uh, I saw it, I found it on, on YouTube. I uh, I'm uh, and I don't know what this is cool or not. I don't know if kids do this, but I find a lot of my music now uh, through YouTube suggestions because because I <laughs> sometimes I'm too lazy to actually like, turn on my stereo and like put things. On. So I'll just put it on YouTube, and uh, it came up as a playlist recommendation, and it's uh, Eddie Vedder singing Bruce Springsteen songs, and it's fucking sick. Like seriously, like 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 at live pro gym shows or just like yeah session? at live well some no solo shows live yeah it's a it's a compilation wow. of live live uh, Eddie Vedder does Bruce Springsteen songs that is fucking good uh, great I'm gonna watch that immediately man sick oh it's just it's just the audio no no uh, or I'll listen to it immediately also though he did Eddie Vedder did a uh, at some fest just a couple of days ago he did Black as a tribute to Chris Cornell and it's uh, pretty fucking haunting sick. I'll check yeah. that too. Yep. Cool. All right. Awesome, man. Um, I was stoked to see that you and Isla are coming to see Spider-Man with us tonight. I'm going to buy tickets for that in a hot minute. And Wait, um, is that tonight? You guys are going tonight. Oh, yeah. Did you misunderstand? Oh, shit. I did. I thought it was Friday. Fuck. Oh, shit. No, dude. Tomorrow's okay. Jaws in 35 mil- millimeter. Oh, fan. that's right. I know. And I was going to come to that, but Isla's too scared of sharks. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm not I'm not out of work. And t- Wait. 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 Hold on. We got this. <laughs> Okay, we can do this. I'm done with work at 6.30. Okay, so I'm buying tickets. I can just come, yeah, because it's, it's reserved seating, right? Yep. We fucking got this. Okay, cool, man. We got a pretty sick squad. Oh. We got Spencer, Amber, Fisher. Oh, tight. Okay, people. all right. Fuck yeah. All right, okay, cool. Raw, man. I'm in. All right, all right cool, man. cool. I'll see you in a few hours. Yeah, see ya. Peace. Frank Austin, MM enthusiast, mix on roommate. Okay, we got Frank in here. We're going to talk a little bit about UFC. This is weird. So you moved in with us right around the time that my UFC fandom peak began sliding downward. Yeah. Um, which I think we can probably um, 
say has to do with the lack of Conor McGregor's and Ronda Rousey's on the scene today. But um, this is International Fight Week, and um, I think there's, what, two cards this weekend? Uh, three? There were three two? last year and the year before. Is it three this year, too? It's Friday and Saturday, because Friday's the tough finale, and yeah. then Saturday's 2.13, and I think that's it. So maybe it is just... Okay, two. cool. I didn't know if they have like, some international flight pass thing going <clears> on Sunday or something. Maybe. But... You were our wild hype on UFC more so yeah. than like than like me and JT and like I don't know maybe Bill and Liam are, are on the same level but uh, and I've just like been bummed because it hasn't really been doing it for me this year so sell me on why I should get hype on UFC right now okay. so first of all I should say I'm missing International Fight Week because of movies mm-hmm. like they're playing Jaws in 35 millimeter mar- tomorrow so I'm going to see that then they're playing Jurassic Park on Saturday got to see that so I'm going to watch both these cars but I'm going to watch them late. Um, and that's that would have been unheard of last year. There's no movie in the world that would have made me miss UFC 200. Yeah, uh, I mean it's your fault, not, <laughs> not the UFC's <laughs> fault. Uh, what's like this? I think the cards this week and coming up are awesome. And like you know, everybody everybody's fandom peaks and valleys at different times, and it can be because of something like they're not being a Connor and a Ronda right now. Like mm-hmm. you know, you just don't feel as motivated to watch. Uh, cards live because you can do it whenever you want you know you can dvr it you can watch it any and at any at any time that's convenient for you so other stuff pop, popping up that's exciting takes that pretty easily but you needed to watch the things that everybody was going to watch live you know like you and i are both very spoiler averse and anything with a connor or a ronda or any of the things that were really 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 hyped up outside of the mma community like the things that like casuals and like more casual fans were going to watch were the things that you have to watch live and i think that even though these cards are really good this week there's nothing like that here well you know what actually i should say i did not watch um fuck what the why the fuck can i think of it now um i didn't watch um bisping henderson live Mm -hmm. and i really regretted it because i felt like this electricity when i was watching that fight and i was just thinking this would have been one of the best fights of the year if i was with my boys right now sure you know so it's not always like the i mean i suppose like for for, in terms of spoilers you gotta you gotta watch the rousey and connor live because you'll just see it anywhere or somebody at the coffee shop could bring it up but like it's it's like you know it's the gems it's like the um 197 last year, I think, mm-hmm. the Lawler-Woodley fight where Hendo knocked out uh, Jacare, I think, was it? I remember that whole card just being like one I wasn't super hype on, but every fight was fucking insane, you know? Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, that's a big part of why I prioritize watching that stuff live over something else. Yeah. Because you never know when something like that's going to happen. And I feel like every time I don't watch is when something awesome happens. Totally. You know? Like... I had a chance to go to 196 live and I would have had to book like a last minute plane ticket from the Bay to Vegas. And it was on like a kind of tenuous ticket hookup that a friend of mine in Vegas had and I didn't take it. And, and she ended up getting the tickets and I could have been there like, and I totally refuse to miss any more big moments. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's just like a crazy fight on like a fight night card or whatever, like, I'll try my hardest to watch that stuff just because I like the weird, like one-off insane fights that happen like that. Well, there really is something to watching it live. I mean, I think that's why, that's basically why cable television is still in business because yeah. nobody wants to watch sports on demand tape delay. You know, there's this weird thing of like, even if you're sitting at home on your couch, you're like, I know I'm doing something along with millions of other people right now. Worldwide. For sure. 
and UFC has uh as as it's gotten more popular like the media coverage of it has expanded enough to where you could not watch something maybe five or six years ago and not see it on mainstream news or like see it on espn or hear about it from people who aren't maybe watching all the time and now you like for those of us who are super spoiler averse in addition to like wanting to see it live you got to be careful with that stuff you got to stay off all social media you got to like shut down if you're not watching it live and you don't want to know the results totally yeah i just don't look at my phone because i follow like a thousand ufc fighters so yeah um, I don't know, man. I just like the, you know, I was thinking about a couple weeks ago or maybe it was just like a week ago when everybody was here for that pool party and I was just in the theater room watching the weird shitty fight night that yeah. was on. Cause I, I don't, I don't the want literally to. shitty fight. Night. It was literally <laughs> shitty. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go there, but yeah. I didn't catch that live at all. It, it was only after I read it. I remember it looking at it and being like, huh. <laughs> and then just not thinking about it again. Yeah. And then hearing about it the next day. Yeah. And every day since. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, like I, I just wanted to watch, I don't know. Like I, I'm really oddly compelled to see it live right now. I yeah. actually really like a lot of the matchups that have, that have like been coming up. Like, okay. Was, so, so, so real quick. So, mm-hmm. so sell me on this weekend, make me feel bad for going to see Jurassic park in 35 millimeter sure. and jaws in 35 millimeter. I mean, and then sell me on the rest of 2017. Okay. I'll, Starting with this weekend, Nunez Shevchenko is the most interesting fight in a division that has been thrown to shit since Rousey lost. And Nunez has sort of like restored some stability and some like uh, credibility, I guess, to that division again because she's been able to defend at least once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mean since since Ronda left and the belt yeah. sort of changed hands? Yeah, exactly. Times. I mean, it went to Holly and then it went straight to Misha and then it went straight to Nunez and now. She's had it, and at least she's defended it against Ronda. Um, it's really hard to make an argument that any sport in the world does women's athletics on the same level that MMA and, and in particular, the UFC does. Like, nowhere else is the women's sport treated anywhere near as equally as it is in the UFC. And this is the most exciting to fight in what was previously like the glamour division in women's MMA. I love this fight. It's so cool to me. I love Amanda Nunes. Um, I am not super into the way that the fight's been built up to at all. And I don't blame anybody for not wanting to watch it, but as fights go, it's super compelling. They had a really good fight the last time around that Nunes totally started to fall off in, in the third round. And that makes a five round fight between the two of them, a, a really exciting and different prospect. Um, yeah. UFC's marketing Nunes like shit. In my opinion, they're marketing this whole division like shit now, like yeah, without a Ronda, they don't know what to do. And like Nunes, everything, like Amanda Nunez is the fucking queen killer. She annihilated Rhonda. Like Holly looked great and like, but there was still the narrative of it being like a fluke or it's like more a like, one time thing. You feel thing. like Nunez wins that fight 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Holly maybe wins it three times out of 10. I'm, I, maybe more. I, I do think that Holly Holm is like the worst matchup in the world right, for yeah, Ronda Rousey. Right, right. She's like crafted. But that was just sort of like her finest moment in a yeah. perfect matchup. It was as her, opposed to like Nunez could just do that shit and go have breakfast. Yeah. Exa- and that's, I mean, that's what she did, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Like, Holly took her time and like picked her apart and executed a perfect game plan. And Nunez just ran her over like in a fucking monster truck. Yeah. Like, uh, 
And she, yeah, she's the queen killer. Like, how do you not build a narrative around her utter domination of Rousey when you building up to that fight, we're promoting Rousey super hard. Like the queen is back, all this shit. Like there's a very easy narrative there that they're just not capitalizing on. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So what else? 214. 214. down. Jones versus DC. I, I hate oh, no, to sorry, like- 213. That's, that's oh, okay. tomorrow, right? Or 213 is Saturday. Yeah. Um, so- the rest of that card is still really good. They lost uh, Lawler Cerrone to yeah. 214, which is... I think that's when I was like, I'm going to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's great for DC and Jones, for sure. No like, doubt. it makes 214 that much more awesome. I ain't missing that one. Um, but, I don't know. Let me let me look, because I feel like now, anytime I'm on the on the spot with it, I've forgotten what... Uh, what else is there in light of everything else? That's well, that's fine. On. Why don't you just plug 2017 uh, at large okay. off the top of your head then? So following up, following up 213 is 214, and Jones versus DC is the. Oh, did I just hit something? Uh, yeah, but you're still good. Okay, um, Jones versus DC is the best to to totally bite the Helwani narrative. It's the best fight that anybody's ever made in that division. The number one versus the number two, like. That's amazing. It's a great fight in the glamour division of the UFC. Like that should be huge and it should be way bigger than it is. Like that should be their biggest push should be on Jones and DC doing this again with a belt on DC and Jones coming back just after his suspension is done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That one feels like the fight of the year. Yeah. It could be, I mean like it is in terms of, uh, thinking about it before the fights happen it's absolutely the best fight of the year yeah um all right what else what happens when connor and mayweather box what happens after that he's the dude likes money so much i don't think he disappears off the face of the planet even if he like just gets a payday and runs what happens when he comes back like like that will happen in 2017 like or he'll at least re-enter the picture in 2017 right and that's super compelling. Like that's awesome. Yeah, I guess another fun fun wrinkle to that fight is that we probably get to see Connor promoting in MMA again by like September. Yeah, way. exactly. And he'll be doing it off the back of doing something like even if he loses horribly, which he he'll, probably he'll will. Flip it to get yeah hype no matter what. Yeah, exactly. No one has done what I've done over and over again. Yeah, like. Okay, so number one, DC Jones, three. Number two, the return of McGregor. Yep. In two ways. Yep. Number three, most hyped thing for the rest of 2017. The aftermath of DC Jones. Like, because no matter what happens, um, there's great fights to be made there. DC has gone on record saying he doesn't want to fight Gustafson again because he's too tough. Like, that would be a fucking amazing fight to see again. Yeah. Jones Gustafson would be amazing to see again. Oh Jones Rumble, because Rumble will absolutely re-enter the picture if Jones wins. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many cool things going on in that division that this fight isn't just about like what happens that night. It's about what comes afterwards. And that will probably happen again before the end of the year. Cause it's still, which is good. July. Cause that's, that's really what, what ran my fandom through 2016 was sort mm-hmm. of like, it wasn't what happened on Saturday nights. It was Sunday through Friday. Yeah. And just like the possibilities and yep. sort of just like the, you know, it's a 24 seven sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. What else? Well, 
I think one of the Diaz brothers has to fight before the end of 2017. Uh, and that's great. I don't know, man. It didn't happen for this this card. I figured if, if we didn't see a Diaz on the July card, mm-hmm. we might not see one. Maybe not, but... That's uh, a good hope. Yeah, good hope. It should happen. Like, one of them should fight. Uh, if anything, just to stay relevant and, you know, keep us thinking about them. Uh, Holloway dethroning Aldo again. Like, what, that's, you know, Aldo's in decline. That sucks. But Holloway as a new champ is super interesting because he's exciting and vulnerable. Like, he's a perfect champion. Um, he could very easily put on another great defense before the year is out. It won't happen in Hawaii like he wants, but he could put on another huge fight before the year is out. And that would be awesome. Um, All right. So we got DC Jones as number one and yep. number three, we had the return of Connor, <laughs> the light heavyweight. We could just call number three, the light heavyweight division. Okay. The light heavyweight Manoa, division. Manoa, Ozdemir, like everything in that division is interesting, but it's like, I'm never going to get tired of watching the top four guys in that division. Try and kill each other. It's, yeah. a, it's great. Th- those matchups are always, when was the last time DC, Rumble, Jones, and Gustafson put on a bad fight between the four of them? Like, it just doesn't happen. True. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, the light heavyweight division is number three. Holloway. Wait, what was number four again? Uh, Diaz brothers. Diaz brothers. Okay. Cool. Hopefully the Diaz Potential brothers Potential Diaz brothers return. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's good. Five compelling reasons to get hype on the UFC in 2017. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited to see what the seven ha- second half of the year brings. I, I feel like uh, if you break this year down into two halves, I don't think that second half could be as big of a snoozer as the first half. First half uh, suffered badly from the loss of uh, Khabib Ferguson. Yeah, that, that was, was my awful. fight of the year. And if, if they're trying to book it before the end of the year, nobody's going to be excited about it because nobody's going to believe it's going to happen the yeah, fourth time. You got to show me on that one. I yeah. mean, Khabib, fuck. I know. I, I know that it's been injured and, and he's got religious uh, considerations, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, burned me so many times. There's you book that fight so many times to have it not happen. I can't, you know, people, there's a narrative about Jones and whether or not he'll make fights. What does Khabib have? You know, like totally, totally. it's, it's crazy. Um, that fight's super exciting. If it does happen though, if it actually happens and they're staring across the octagon from one another, it's super exciting. Dude, Connor Khabib in Russia would be some shit too. Yeah, it would. It would be insane. <laughs> All uh, right, cool. So, uh UFC aside, uh what else what else is really good? You got anything to put me on? I, I didn't set you up for this, but I'm asking everybody at the end. No, I, I heard you. I heard you ask Tyler. You when did I came put in. me on to something the other night, which was a a fucking K-dot verse on a Vince Staples record yeah. that I may not have ever listened to again <laughs> that like changed my life the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking good. It's um, so good. Dude, who does he sound like when he goes in? Like when it comes in and he's got the bat da bat da da bat da bat da. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to listen to it thinking gotta, about that. I don't know who that is, but it reminds me of somebody so much, and it's just it's savage. Yeah, that like pop till the vacant part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I'd have to go back and listen to it, trying to think about who he yeah, sounds. Yeah, we got to like. figure that out. That verse is amazing. Yeah. Okay, so that'll be it then. Yeah. Everybody go listen. Everybody to, go uh, listen to the Kendrick Lamar verse on yeah, uh, right. Vince Staples. The entire song is good. I love that it had. Remember, we were talking about the dynamism of Kendrick's beats and yep. everything like that. And I was saying how Vince was boring the shit out of me. Yeah. That song has this weird second half shift where there's like this this R and B hook comes mm-hmm. in, and then another beat drops, and it's almost like a Kendrick song tacked on to the end of it. Yeah. And they bring Vince back. That's. That, that song was everything I was complaining that Vince Staples wasn't tight. So yeah, I, I really like that record. I think that whole record's good. I know that it doesn't like 
hit the same spots as summertime or anything else like hell can wait uh but it's great i really like it. i really like plus that he's verse. straight edge all right that's it you heard it from frank everybody give uh vince staples big fish a chance i'm gonna give it a a hard listen on my drive to the bay next week so i'll report back cool that's right. thanks man um all right that's it that's my podcast um i don't know i don't know what to tell you um i do want to know if you're still listening though uh so if you're still listening and your name is not brandon best because be best i know you're still listening um i want you to at me somehow uh email matthew mixon at gmail or just catch me on twitter or the gram um appreciate it yeah i don't know i'm gonna keep doing this um i like uh fuck now i can't remember if i if i recorded this in the intro that i recorded or not i did a few because i was messing up fuck it if i said this before i'll say it again um it's cool to make something and finish it and get in the habit of finishing. I think that's important for artists, um, especially those of us who are, uh, you know, not necessarily on deadline, who maybe tend to get a little precious with, with uh, the things that we, we put out in the world. Um, when I was vlogging, uh, I finished yesterday, it was everything last year, and I got really into like the um, Casey Neistat and some of these dudes, and, and I was like, fuck, I could video video blog and i did and it was really it was really fun and it seemed like it's pretty well received too uh i'm not sure too many more people besides my immediate friend group watched it but it was honestly just as an experiment for myself it was really fun like i i chronicled a bunch of really fun days last summer and and i'll always look back on them fondly even if i never do it again but the as an exercise regardless of if anybody watched it or enjoyed it or anything it was just a really good exercise as an artist to make something every day and finish it and then put it out and and release it you know um and and even if uh, it's just you and me on this one be best um it's gonna be fun to record something once a week if i can hold myself to that and put it out there in the world and kind of just express myself um yeah i don't know i'll probably be mostly fixated on on movies uh and some music stuff and but you know i don't know i got a lot of friends who do interesting shit and uh who got things they want to get off their chests and out there into the world. And, um, who knows, who knows what we come up with. It could be cool. I don't even know. Uh, so I want to leave y'all with one cool thing. Cause I'm going to demand one cool thing from, um, Oh, I'm a hundred percent ripping that off from a podcast I've been listening to lately. So I should change what, what I'm calling it. Um, something good. What's good. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with something good. Not you guys. Fuck. I'm trying not to say you guys anymore. That is a tough one to break. Uh, I'm going to leave you all with something good. This is from Be Best because he gave this to me today. And you know what? Honestly, by the time you hear this, the one person besides Be Best who's still listening, this might be some big viral thing. I don't know about it, but it's Backup Terry. Um, looks like it hit YouTube on July 5th. So maybe it still hasn't blown yet. I see it's at 18,277 views. This video was shared with me today. I was having a shit day and it made me so fucking happy. It is so goddamn funny. Just Google backup Terry and uh, prepare to die laughing. Um, that's all I got. I'm so happy, man. Movies make me so happy. Spider-Man was so sick. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.